Back to you, podcasting from the Museum of Broadcast Communication in Chicago. Check out their new exhibit, Stay Tuned Rock on TV, now through April. Also check out the Chicago TV Gallery, featuring Bozo, Garfield Goose, Svanguli, and more. Just visit museum.tv. Back to You is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine Opie show. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Uh, this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. My grandma's got a tea bag. Speaking of bags, big bag of drugs. My brush with the Empire Carpet Man. Our interview with Mike Toomey from WGN. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. <laughs> the Tony Lasano Podcast, an Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com. The following is a Tony Lasano on a podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. This is Back to You. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. Is that what you're waiting Welcome for? to my show. I, you know, <laughs> to your show, right? I, I love how casual this is. Don't you love this? Yes. Yes. Because it, it really, fla- there's no real beginning. And there's no and A lot end. of folks hope there's an end. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the beauty of this, is that they can end at any time they want. Well, that's okay. And they may have already. As long as we are having fun, that's but all I that matters. But I do the longest introductions in yes, the history of podcasts, don't yes. I? Yeah, I've been, here since, I ever get I've been here since last Thursday, <laughs> waiting for you to <laughs> You know, this is something. show number 30. That's a milestone. I'm really impressed that we've done so many. Did you hear that mild little hand clap from Samuel? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the reaction to what you Because he knows we're going to do like 31 or 2. That's why he was clapping. Um, you know, you have always had a saying about a lot of different things, but you said when things end, they don't end well. So you, you have tried, you said relationships and what have you, and, you know, if a marriage ends, and yeah. you've said that about this show, when it, when it ends, it's not going to Yeah, because we won't be speaking to each other ever again. No. Right, because uh, one of us will do something terrible, and the other one will say, I'm done with you. Yes, or one of us is going to con- want to continue t- doing the show, and the other one's going to be done. And you know what's going to happen when you call me? What? The phone's going to ring. You're going to no, 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 you're going to hear. No, you're going to hear. <laughs> Good we'll Lord. get to that in a minute. Wow, he just come right out with it. Yes. Uh, no, you're going to hear your call's important to us. <laughs> Please hang on. Yes, I am. That's I'm, assuming I'm going to call. Well, we, because we what's going to happen? Yes. We have conversations on the phone that are never ending, and that's kind of how this how this evolved. Well, but by the time we're done with however many shows we do, we're going to have said everything conceivable that we could say to each other. No, I don't think that's possible. I mean, we always find uh, stuff that we react to that happens during the course of a week. Like, I've got some stuff. I told you that I look at uh, YouTube a lot now for some reason, and I get uh, overwhelmed by one thing leading me to another and another. You know, I found a guy. You know what? Should we introduce our guest who and let him uh, in on some of this? Because uh, what I'm going to say, some of it has to do with him, too. Why don't we? Yeah, you do that because you you're like good. Me to do it? Yes, yes. Because why? Because you're good at that. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's laughing because they know that's not true. Our guest is Mike Kubisa, and Mike is uh, from the Chicagoland area, from Elmhurst, and he is a private chef, but he was a radio and television major in college. 
Hi, was. Mike. Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me today. Um, hey, thanks for coming down. Yeah, no problem. We Appreciate love it, it when, look, you, you've met the two highest credentials to have, chef and snacks. Hey, yes. he brought snacks, Howard. He did, and they looked fabulous. I, I did bring snacks. You know, being half Italian, my mom always force-fed us and always made sure we were eating. Yeah. So I had to kind of do that to you guys, too. And uh, so I brought a plethora of snacks, uh, all homemade last night. Uh, we can enjoy these uh, a little later. Well, see, now we're we're sort of burying the lead too with Mike too because a, a chef, yes. But are you saying the who? introduction was poor? No, no. I'm just I, saying. Yeah, I, I'm just enhancing it. Oh, I mean, like, who is this guy? This man okay. has really cooked for some folks who, um, you know, who are recognized names, notable, notable, uh, who depend on the nourishment they get for the job performance that they have. So yes. you take it from there. Well, athletes, uh, Mike, uh, do you like to be called Mike or Chef? Um, I, you know, Mike, because we're, I think we're friends now, maybe. So you guys call me Mike, but yeah. a lot of people call me Chef Mike. Um, just, she, you know, Chef here and there, but Mike's fine. I go with Mike. So anyway, Steve was referring to you work with a lot of notable people, but a lot of athletes. Mm-hmm. And you actually worked for the, one of your early jobs was with the Chicago Bears, correct? I did. So that's kind of how I started off in the private chef field. I worked for the Chicago Bears during the 2015 season. And I thought that was going to be my career mm-hmm. up in Hellas Hall. I was there for six months. Um, really just did a good job and got noticed by some of the players, and that's kind of how the private chef thing took off. I was approached by Jay Cutler at the time, and he was pretty much in awe of how hard I worked, and he was like, hey, man, I've been on the team for eight years. Never seen a guy like you come in here before. Do you ever think about being a private chef? And I never thought about it. I was like, oh, I'm in the NFL now. Basically, I wasn't going to get there by playing football, but I knew I can get there by feeding football players. So I was ready to work there, and then the rest is history. He pulled me out of the kitchen, and I fed him and his family, and then that was about five and a half years ago now. So. Now, do you have a, is there a particular specialty that you like? I'm, I'm like, Howard and I eat like linebackers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we get along real well then. You guys will enjoy my food. Um, depends who I'm working for, you know, because each athlete has their own dietary restrictions and whatnot. Yeah. But if I'm home and I'm personally cooking, um, I really love like Southern Italian food. Um, I'm, I'm classically French trained. So I like falling back on French flavors. Um, I'm half Italian and half Polish, so I do some Polish food for my dad. Um, but, like, seafood is huge for me. I'm into artists in bread making and salami making and sausages. So that's kind of like my if – if I the cooking is the passion, but if I had a hobby within cooking, yeah. it would be like sausage making. I so. love all of that. I've actually been – House Hall, and they're, they're rebuilding it now. But it's I huge mean, now. I don't want to call it a cafeteria, but I've, I've – yeah. Had your food? I've eaten in there. It's a, it's like a restaurant. I mean, they have mm-hmm. so many choices for the players. Mm-hmm. If they want to have salads, if they want to have something more hearty, I mean, it's a, it's a tremendous uh, restaurant within Hallis Hall. Now, from what little I know, I would imagine that a lineman is going to eat differently than say the quarterback, right? Oh, I mean, absolutely. there's some people who've yeah. got to keep the weight absolutely. on, right? So for the linemen, it's either they're bulking or they're maintaining weight, really. You know, rarely are the guys trying to lose weight because they sweat so much and burn so many calories during practice. These guys are pounding on the food. And, you know, for instance, I've cooked for Kyle Long a couple times here and there, um, you know, whether it be at Jay's house or even at Hell's Hall. I've seen the guy put down a chicken and a half, even two chickens before. <laughs> I did smoke chickens. We did a barbecue did night. Did he wait for you to cook them? Oh, yeah. He, well, he was he was standing behind me like, oh, Big, big Mike, when is it going to be ready? Wow. <laughs> yeah, so but great guys. I mean, they just eat a lot. But the quarterbacks... 
they're, they're mainly maintaining weight. Um, Jay, for him, he was on a specific diet because he's diabetic, so we stayed away from processed sugars, white flowers, mm. things like that. Yeah. Um, but then there's some guys like I remember Robbie Gold was on the team at that point, and he would just eat whatever he wanted, pizza every day or Caesar salads because he was fine. Well, that's those punters, yeah. right? Kicker. Kicker, kickers. Yeah, kickers. Yeah, yeah. But he had a great career. I mean, so everybody's different, really. So that you're loading on the starches, I imagine, for linemen. Yeah, so they're eating a lot of fiber and a lot of good carbs. So rice or um, we would do a lot of flatbreads or a lot of oat flours, things like that. Um, you know, they would even eat a lot of grits and uh, oatmeal for breakfast, things like that. Because they're burning so many calories. They just, but you don't want to put anything bad in their bodies. So. So, so what are good carbs versus bad carbs then? So like a bad carb would be, you know, your your processed foods, you know, like a bag of Doritos or a bag of chips, uh, things like that. Or like a good carb would be your healthy grains, um, even in vegetables like cauliflower, broccoli. Um, fiber is really good for you. And it kind of goes along in that same spectrum where, you know, fiber is good for your heart. It's good for everything. So you can get your carbs through vegetables as well. Um, we feed them a lot of like barley and bulgur wheat, uh, different brown rices, even white rice. So, but we'd stay away from, you know, the processed breads or like white flour tortillas, things like that. I would be okay if I could just handle eat, not eating after like nine o'clock at night. Oh, that's the yes. hardest. That's my downfall. Yeah, that's the hardest. It's my downfall too. What, I can't. Mike, what can I do? I mean, I'm up at 10 o'clock with the refrigerator <laughs> yeah. door just wide open. So I'm the just same staring way. staring at it. For me, you know, I work all day and I'm feeding people and the last person I think about is myself. So yeah. I go, it's indulge when I get home. <laughs> Because I'm cooking, making sure I'm on point every day. Yeah. Um, so my suggestion would be maybe switch your snacks to celery or some kind of lettuce. But you, but you do late night eating. Yeah, too. I do. I kind of do intermittent fasting. So my first meal isn't until like six thirty or seven at night, and then I'll eat until maybe ten. Yeah. But I'm having, you know, I'm I'm snacking on celery sticks, cucumbers. I just grill chicken and keep it in my fridge. Um, stuff like that. I've I'm, heard a lot about this intermittent fasting. I've been doing it. You've been doing it? Yeah. Now, let, right, let me it. get this straight. You have to again. stick to it for it to work. All right. So for you, you, you eat from six to 10. Yeah, around in there. that period. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. And then what happens after, when you wake up in the morning? When do you eat next? So when I wake up in the morning, I'll do my multivitamin uh, ritual. I'll take um, vitamin B for natural energy. I'll take Omega Men. Um, I'll take fish oil. Um, I'll take a, a beetroot pill. I'll take things like that, and then I'll drink coffee and just straight black coffee, and then I won't eat, and that's probably like 10 o'clock, and then I won't eat until 6 because really? I'm, I'm on the go. Whoa. You won't eat anything else until 6. So, like, I'd be lying if I didn't say eat anything. I'm tasting a little right, bit right, here and sure. there. But I'm not eating enough to, like, satisfy me. Yeah. I'm just tasting a sauce. Or, I know you don't do that, yeah. Howard. I don't. I generally don't eat anything during the day. If I do, it's like a couple of hard-boiled eggs. With yeah. a little hot sauce on yeah. it, yeah, that's and, good. and that's it. You could do some so fruit. Then I get home. You know, I'll eat at six o'clock. But that's a—is this a thing that you come off of though? Like you'll do it for a short period of time, then you'll just eat regularly. You can't. So I've, just been, I've been doing it for five years. Really? Just because my schedule dictates that lifestyle for me. I'm on the go, so yeah, I'm around food all day yeah. and everything, but. I don't find myself hungry during the day because I'm like so work focused. Where I want to make sure that. 
you know, my clients are eating the good food. I, sure. I, so I don't even think about eating. Yeah. It's like any other job. You're not really concerned about yourself or, you know, you just want to get the job but done. That's got to be the toughest test. You've yeah. got all this good food you're preparing, yeah. but you don't want to indulge in it. I'll tell you this. The toughest thing is when I get home and let's say I took some pictures that day or I'm, you know, looking at what I made or recreated, then I start craving it. I'm like, yeah. I just made this. I didn't even take a bite of it or yeah. I didn't even try it. And I, Howard, I know you don't do anything close to that. Sure, I do. No. I'm telling you, I wouldn't. I wouldn't I no, wouldn't, you don't. I would not. See, here's miss, the beginning of the breakup right now. It is. I That's the biggest lie I've ever I heard. Say I would not mislead you. Now, I'm not saying that. No, I would not mislead you. That would be. That should be the title of the book you write. It should be the title of the show. Yeah. <laughs> how, to mis, how to mislead you? I will how not. To mislead. How to mislead you? No. Right, listen. Let that me doesn't hear you. Mean, I uh, want to hear. Could your, I speak? Your could I have the floor? Let the man have the floor. There we go. There we go. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, That doesn't mean on the weekend, on one of the two days, that I don't go to Portillo's at twelve thirty in the afternoon and eat everything on their menu (laughs) once in a while. I mean, it's not seven days a week because if you ask, go ahead. You got a question. Let's just take today. Today. What's happening today? I've had nothing to eat. But I'm gonna. Well, I have snacks. You got some wonderful snacks. They're healthy snacks, (laughs) so I will eat. Yes. I will sample those. Okay. Because those are fine. Okay. These are fine. And these are all like good carbs and protein packed. Like I was talking about, there's some fiber in there too. Intermittent fasting is not for someone who's trying to necessarily lose weight. It's maintaining weight. Right. So I've maintained the same weight for five years because of this. And yeah, I mean, I could probably lose some here and there if you ask my wife. But other than that, <laughs> would, you, would you make would you make your routine even stricter if you were trying to lose weight? Yeah, and if I was if I was trying to lose weight, yeah, I would probably do like six small meals throughout the entire day. That's the thing, eating small, more but small, small. Like you know, you have maybe three salads. Uh, you have a bag of these, uh, you know, herb roasted nuts that I made, even some beef jerky, um, things like that. Like small meals. And you don't want to, you know, consume too many calories because that's how you're going to gain the weight. Then, if you eat six huge meals, you know. So <laughs> wait, like, wait, wait a minute. Look, you know, you know, Mike. You notice what's happening? Howard, Howard, no, no, no. Howard <laughs> thinks he's out of this. Okay, so you're that's that's today for this this early. It was yesterday. Afternoon. No, I'm talking about your plan. To, what's going to happen when you leave here? You're not going to eat until when? I'm until tonight. <laughs> What's so funny about because that? Because you got What's hot so pastrami written all over your face. No, not tonight. <laughs> He's probably, Howard's probably maintained the same weight for the last 15 years. He looks good over here. There you, you know? go, yeah. for my age. Yeah, both you guys, for your age, I mean, I was, I was blown away. He seconded yeah. it. Yeah, I, I was blown away, you know. I know what you guys uh, looked like before for growing up and seeing you on TV, but. It's a before uh, and after thing. Yeah, those good you exceeded days. my expectations. You know what you just reminded me of? Wait, wait. <laughs> He Wait. didn't exceed mine. My, my <laughs> I haven't seen him for a couple of weeks. Wow. Well, yeah. well, you know what, what you just reminded me of? I, I mentioned that I, I'm scouring YouTube a lot. Yeah. I found this guy who for 20 years, every day, has taken a photo of, of himself and looped it from... For, for, could you imagine how he's aged in 20 years? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But every day for 20 years. Wow. And then I think it takes about... 15 minutes to watch the whole thing. Would you dare do something no. like that? No. Well, now it's engraved in the guy's brain. That's probably part of his ritual. He, he Sure. Yeah, every day he takes Who would want to look at themselves? Yeah. It would be depressing. No, uh, you know, definitely. I mean, I yeah. told, I've told you before, Jeannie Morris that we worked with at CBS2, mm-hmm. she was a pioneer 
uh, one of the mm-hmm. first female sportscasters in the country. Awesome. And Jeannie told me at that time, because I was really young when I started, it was in 84. Yeah. And she said, one of the worst things in the world is if you have a long career, that to watching yourself age on television, you know, because you see yourself. And, yeah. You know, there's a, you look at, you know, the old tapes and sure. how long you'll... How young you looked, and they're, but I think, they're all you, on. I think it's, you'd be surprised. Like to me, no, all kidding aside, that'll be the title of my <laughs> yeah, book. All kidding, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That could uh, be a show. Howard yeah. doesn't look that much different to me in the last twenty years. You guys both look the same for all the pictures I've seen or yeah. TV. You know, watching you guys when I, I was growing up. And, I don't oh, think you would, Howard. Nice. I don't think you right. would feel uh, you would feel a lot of anxiety looking at that for the last twenty years. Necessarily. No, because I don't care. I think we're in a new I'm age, too, today, where aging is different than it yeah. was in the past, and we have uh, options and a lot more healthy stuff out there. Right. Um, but so. see, looking at Howard every day, though, for the last 20 yeah. years, Let's get you, would realize, yeah. you would yeah. realize that he wasn't intermittent <laughs> fasting a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, the key is, Mike says he, he eats between 6 and 10 p.m. Yeah. I eat from 6 until 10 p.m. That's the, <laughs> that's the downfall. You can't do that. Now... I, I can't resist. Uh, you've got these uh, snacks spread yeah. out in front. Now, these are all homemade. These are all homemade. So you want me to explain to you kind of what I did? Yeah. Yes. All right. Please. So, I, you know, being a chef, I kind of like to step out a little bit and do things that a lot of guys aren't really making homemade. So I did some chicharrones, which is a fried pork skin. And uh, you could, I don't know if you want to try those now or wait a little bit. I don't know if I've well, had chicharrones. Oh, I don't know so, if I've ever had any. So these ones are healthier because. Can I try a chicharroni, yeah, Mike? I'm not going to say they're healthy, but these are baked. Yeah. Um, they're just as crispy. And that's like, you know, chicharronis are a good snack because there's no carbs in them, but you feel like you're eating a savory chip still. And th- mm. those have sea salt and a little sweet chili on them. So they're going to be salty, and then you're going to get like a little sweet heat. So it's kind of like a like a meat chip. Can you I, hear me eating? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a Is meat chip. Is this good or bad? Is that, that I, you hear me? No, it's, it's not bad. It's, it's very good. Everybody's like, dang, mm. that sounds crunchy. It's really good. Thanks. So those are good. Um, I did some. Why don't you get? <laughs> why don't you get closer to the mic with the next crunch? Man, this is good. Yeah, thanks. But still, wow. I could I could snack on. I make big bags oh. of these, and I snack on these all the time because sometimes you crave those potato chips or you want to eat that. But wow, you know, they're bad for you. It's got just enough salt on them. Uh-huh. Look at what. Let's go look at. Oh, it's got sea salt. So just... everything helps with you know. And these I like crunching, but also the nuts. Talking about like good carbs and things like that. If you ever Here find yourself, Samuel. Uh, you know, craving look, like something crunchy. Mike, look at this picture um, of me these from, are excellent. from about Thanks. 40 years ago. Look at that. Oh, man. I, you, guys, you look pretty much the same. Get out of here. Look at that. <laughs> Let me see the mustache. <laughs> wow. The, the mustache is a little bit. Look at that. I, oh, you had quite I, the mustache. You know what the secret there. to that is? What's that? Chicharroni. Oh, you already know. <laughs> I should I should tell it to my dad. He's had a mustache for about fifty years. I don't know what it really has he. Oh yeah, he's yeah. sixty nine. Howard used to have a mustache, shaved it off. I don't know why. I've, I've been tempted lately to either grow a lot of stuff or shave yeah. my oh, mustache grow it. off. I just shaved. It's I had been a beard a long... going before is here. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, got to make the wife happy, so I shaved it off. I keep it going. But uh, back to the snacks, though. I also these got these. Uh, actually, they are excellent, and I like the amount of salt you put yeah, in. Yeah, I, I do a little more salt because it cr- it gives you that like crunchy, mm. salty umami, which is that savory. Yeah. And like I snack on these all the time. I kind of I only have potato chips every once in a while now. Yeah. I make these all the time at home, and if I'm making a sandwich, I'll even eat these on the side. 
because you get that crunch factor. Yes. And these nuts, these are kind of like my late night snack. Right. Um, I did rosemary and uh, basil on those. Mm. Uh, again, that, those have Himalayan pink Do you have salt. a bag of these over there? I don't. Okay. Uh, yes, welcome to the eating hour. Thanks. Yes. And these ones, I roast these and then cool them. I roast these at 400 degrees for like 12 minutes and then cool mm. them down and then toss them in like dried herb mix and uh, some garlic on there too. All right. And then uh, the last thing, this is a uh, sirloin beef jerky. So whenever I make beef jerky, I try to do nice lean cuts too. And I love these nuts. By the way, can we Thanks. have the bag? That, oh, can these we are have for these? all you guys to try. Yeah, and he's not going to take, take these back from us. No, is he? no, no. no. Okay. These are for you guys to take on the car ride home and snack in there tonight. Uh, this beef jerky, I make a lot of beef jerky, and uh, sometimes my clients will specifically ask for my jerky. Um, this is sirloin, and that it's like a barbecue flavor, and I did a little bit more spice on that. There's some cayenne pepper on there, which kind of gets the heart rate going and. Helps like with blood flow, things like that. All right. So now, does it take any uh, long period of time to prepare any of this? Um, so uh, I de- funny story. So my wife's pregnant right now, and she's really sensitive to the smell. So I was making beef jerky last night. She's walking around the house with a towel over her nose, and I can't take this. So I dehydrated this for about ten hours. Um, so it's not a long. It's a long process once it gets going, but it's an easy prep process. It took me like five minutes to put it together, mm. and then. Uh, yeah, it's gonna have a little, little more heat to it, and then um, the nuts—they probably took like 15 minutes, and then cooled them oh. overnight. The chicharrones, i already had the pork skin ready to go, wow. so all I had to do was um, bake those, and they get real fluffy and crisp up. Put them under the broiler, um, and then just yeah, here you gotta get some beef jerky. Yes, very what good. What kind of beef do you use in the jerky, and so what's the process is, of making it? So this is a grass-fed sirloin. I just got this one from the local Whole Foods. Um, just get a big sirloin, and I literally just take one of my really sharp knives and I just shave it super thin. Yeah, I'll sit in the marinade for a few hours, blot it dry, and throw on my dehydrator, and that's about anywhere from an eight to ten hour process. Uh, now, if you're someone's uh, a private chef, mm-hmm. do you sit down and, and listen to what they like and don't like, or do you say, "Hey, I, I've I got to cover it. Just taste what I'm going to make." It's a little bit of both. So when I worked for the Cutlers. They were kind of like, all right, we want to follow these dietary restrictions, but make you're the chef. Like, we'll follow your lead. You know, make make what we what, what, you know we want seafood one night, but do what you want with it. Right. So that was pretty cool. You know, right now I work for Otto Porter Jr., who's a Bulls player, and his diet's way different. But he kind of wants what he wants. But then some days he'll be like, you you know, you decide like I want Mexican food tonight. Like, make me something good because I know you could make something good. Right. So it just depends what I'm cooking for. And really. you like that challenge? Yeah. So there's, as a private chef, you know, you, there's certain challenges that I enjoy because I'm not in the restaurant anymore, like mm-hmm. just getting bombarded with tickets left and right. So challenges for me are, you know, let's say I don't get a text till 10 in the morning and being like, oh, I want, I want this, you know, make okay. me this. And then yeah. the challenge is, okay, I got to go to the store, sure. make sure I can get everything, prepare this meal. I would um, imagine a most popo, most most popo, uh, popo. <laughs> yes. most popo and most people, yeah. depending <laughs> on what you are, what yeah. category, uh, don't realize the the amount of time that you're dealing with, right? Yeah. So it's you know I'm in the house and cooking, but you know, my time starts in the mornings where I go to the store every day. I you know keep it fresh. I special order seafood. Because the worst thing is going to a grocery store and expecting to get a piece of salmon, and then you get this thing and it just smells like crap, and you're like, "Oh man!" Like, and yeah. then then, yeah. then it's on me when I go serve it to the to the client. Yeah. So I special order, you know, whether it be through Fortune Fish or Supreme Lobster that's on North Avenue, um, and like my meat, I do a lot of grass fed. Um, just depends, depends on the client too. Some clients want heavy protein, some don't. Um, but yeah, 
Now, when you're on a TV show, too, like mm-hmm. that was a very Cavallari. Yeah. I was a guest mm-hmm. on that, uh, a couple episodes, season two. Did you enjoy that? I did. So that was pretty cool because it's not like you have a script and you just kind of are doing your thing. Yeah. And they had me and Jay making sausages on camera, and that was my wheelhouse, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a hunter, so he had like 150 pounds of elk, and really? he was like, hey, like I want to make sausage. And then they looped it in, oh, we could do this on the show. So we did like seven kinds of sausages. I had brats on there. I had chorizo. I had breakfast sausage. Um, so that was pretty cool. Mike, now that you know us, yeah. you know, come on. Well, if we give can, us a call, you know. <laughs> yeah. If you, yeah. Well, now, now we know each other. I mean, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You got to get that in. Um, well, let me go back to the Bears for a second. When you, when you went for the job, did you, who'd you interview with? So the chef at the time, his name was James Yoma. So funny story how I got this job. So I was actually working in Milan, Italy before this, and I was looking for my next move to come home and find a job. And I'm a part of the ACF, which is a chef organization. And I was scouring their website, just, you know, chef names, whatnot, and I uh, came across Chicago Bears, Hellas Hall. Um, he worked for a company called Flick that's owned by Compass. It's a huge uh, culinary company. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to send this guy an email because I've always been a football fan, always been a huge Bears fan. I knew, you know, after high school ball, I wasn't going to make the pros, so I was like, I want to get in the NFL somehow. I emailed him, found his name, emailed him from Italy, and I said, hey, Chef, I'm, I'm Mike Kubisa from Elmhurst, Illinois. I was wondering if you have any opportunities. He emails me back like a couple days later. Hey, Mike, thanks for reaching out. I don't have any opportunities right now, but I'll keep you posted. Maybe three weeks go by, emails me. Hey, Mike, I just had to let somebody go. Are you interested in coming in for – and I thought my resume was good at this point, but it was nothing compared to now. So he's like, I like your resume. I go in there. And I'm, I'm starstruck the first day I walk in there going through Hell's Hall, you know, the gates open, I see the Walter Payton Center, all this stuff. I, I'm sitting in the cafeteria getting interviewed, and these monsters are walking by me. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> that's Kyle Long. Or, you know, I was like, and I saw Jay. I was like, that's Jay. I was like, that's Robbie Gold. Uh, and, and then uh, he, I interviewed for maybe 15 minutes. He said, hey, you got the job, man. When can you start? I was like, I start tomorrow. I started. Uh, yeah. And then he said to me, but you know we're not here to become private chefs or anything like that. And that thought didn't even process in my head. At the, I said, yo, yes, sir. Like, I'm not even looking for that, you know? I was there for six months. And then rest Private chef. Private chef. Wow. Yeah. Did you consider it a risk to become a f- private chef? I did because I knew at that time it was going to boost my career, but I didn't know about the longevity of it. You know, with, athlete, with athletes, you know, they could be cut you know, yeah, not sure. resign, and you don't know. Sure. And with, with Jay, I knew he just hit, signed his big contracts. Who's going to be around for a little while. And so I figured, and then my dad in my corner, you know, I went home that night. I said, I got this opportunity when, when Jay approached me. And then my dad's like, what'd you tell him? I said, well, I'm under contract with the Bears. Like, I, I'm sorry. And then my dad said, you better go tomorrow and tell him that you're the guy. So thanks to him telling me that. So I told him, and then I just figured whatever happened after that, I'd figure it out, but having that on my resume would only help, which it did. Now, so you had to move, though, right? So I didn't. So I lived in Elmhurst still. I worked for, for him in Lake Forest. Okay. And then they had left um, after, you know, the Bears cut him and then he played for Miami. Um, they moved on to Nashville. That's the, the home. So during that year, I worked for the CEO of McDonald's, Steve Easterbrook. Hmm. Um, and then I also worked for the owner of an athletic club called Chicago Athletic Clubs. Mm-hmm. So I did that for maybe eight or nine months, and then the Cutlers were like, "Hey, you know, we missed you, and you spoiled us. Uh, would you want to come down and cook for us again?" And, and I was like, "You know what? Um, 
this ties into the cookbook I co-authored with Kristen, and she wanted to work on a sequel. So I was like, okay, I can come down. We'll finish the sequel. So I moved to Tennessee, to Franklin, Tennessee, and I lived down there for a year and three months. So just getting off that stint, I've been back in Chicago for about five months, and that's when I landed the Bulls guy. But in Tennessee, it was just got really hard. My wife was still living here, and I was going back and forth yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, but it was a good career boost again. So. so when you worked for the CEO of McDonald's, Steve Easterbrook, yeah, uh, did he eat McDonald's a lot? Uh, yeah, he he, <laughs> he he would. So for him, it wasn't like a full. It was full time when I was there, but I wasn't at his house every day like I am with these guys now. So I would just come and go, do meal drop offs for him, uh, do dinner parties. But yeah, he said he would eat. You know, probably a um, what's the one on the dollar menu, the the double cheeseburger. Uh, he said he eat one one a week. So yeah, yeah. Great guy. Um, That's intermittent fasting. Yeah. So he, he was in the <laughs> yeah, news a few him. months ago. I don't yeah. know if you guys heard about that, but that's why I no longer have connections with him. So, but, yes. Yeah. Um, what about athletes? I mean, athletes, everybody, you know, they're human. They, they, they have their cheat days, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. They, they, they eat fast food like anybody else. Back in the late 80s, as Steve knows, Michael Jordan, we, uh, appeared on our Sunday night sports show. Wow. And unfortunately or fortunately for us, right across the street on McClure Court where the studio was, was a McDonald's. Yes. Oh, he loved McDonald's. And Michael yes. would go, you know, park his car up on our sidewalk right up in front. Yeah. Cops aren't going to bother him. No, by of way. course not. And, it's, it's MJ. Um, it's MJ. He'd, he'd go to McDonald's. He'd bring it back into uh, the sports office and he would eat a, you know, a huge bag of it. And yeah. he was able to get a little, get away with it at that age. But uh, yeah. do you see a lot of that? Um, so I've seen it here and there, you know, if I'm at a client's house and I'm not going to name names or anything, but I'll, you know, th- be throwing away stuff or taking out the garbage and I'll see a bag of Doritos stuffed in the bottom or, you know, some Taco <laughs> sure. Bell here and there, sure. uh, every once in a while. Um, but you know, if like for now, like, like Otto, great guy, like super humble athlete. Um, I'm excited for him to make his comeback here pretty soon because he's been injured. But for him, if we do a cheat day, I'm making the cheat meal for him. Yeah. So I'll still make mm-hmm. French fries for him or a double cheeseburger. But again, you're safe. You know, you're not cutting the calories, but you know it's coming from a good source. I'm using good ingredients. Um, I'm home making rolls and buns and stuff like that too. Uh, do a lot of sourdough. That's really good for you if you're gonna have a white bread. Um, so he get his cheat meals. I'm making them. Like I'll do burrito bowls and. That's what I'm making today. I, so, I don't know anything about the world of like marketing things, but mm-hmm. from these snacks that I had today, do, do you ever think, gee, I could go into a whole other area of Yeah, shuffdom. I mean, the, the opportunities are endless for me. So everybody has dreams and goals. My overall dream is to become a TV chef one day. And I yeah. say that, but, you know, it's very hard to achieve that, but that's always my top goal. But there's things underneath that realm I would like to do too. And I thought about bottling sauces or snacks, but... It's just a hard industry to tap into, mm-hmm. and there's so much competition out there. I'm trying to figure out how we're going to work this out because of the dilemma. I love these chicharrones. Thanks. Those are my those are my <laughs> go-to snack. Wow, they are uh-huh. so fabulous. What, Thanks, I really you, love them. Air, air mail me some of these. Yeah. how am well, I going to make this work? You're hooked up I'll now. Be, I'm hooked up you're hooked with because, uh, chicharrones. A protein packed chip. That's how I look at it. Yeah. So, and, and you don't have to feel guilty about no, it. No, I mean, you know, if you're not going to go eat an entire bag because. It's well, just, yeah. Yeah. well yeah. Hey, hey, you know. Well, that's why I portion them. Out. Right there. That's why I portion them like this. Yeah. It's all about portion control. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to take a break in a second, but I want to follow up. Uh, you were talking about with Otto. 
uh, like a cheap meal. So you'd make French fries or something for uh-huh. them. How do you make the French fries differently than than to make them more healthy? So because they're still fried. They're still fried. So you know that's. A, I, I'm glad you brought that up. So what I when I fry things, I fry in grapeseed oil, which is a more neutral oil, and it's not as bad as frying in lard or canola oil. Or, you know, just your junky oil. So everything I cook is either avocado or grapeseed oil. But grapeseed oil is my number one because the, mm. the smoking point is really high. So you can fry stuff at 350, 400 degrees without scorching anything. And then um, I don't fry them for that long because my process of making uh, fries is I blanch them first. So I'll cut my fries. I'll blanch them in boiling water for like 10 minutes just until they start to cook. Pull them out, pat them dry. So they're already part cooked. And that's how you get a crispy fry too. And then I'll take those, part cook, cool them down, and then I'll fry them in grapeseed oil. So you're, you're cutting the fry time in half, that alone, doing that. And I'm using healthy oils. Grapeseed so, oil. Grapeseed grape oil. oil. Uh-huh. And you can buy that in oh, Whole groceries? Foods, Mariano's, yeah. Can you? Uh-huh. It's very huh. good. And yeah. it's, a, it's a healthier or avocado oil. It's a healthier oil for you. But, I mean, again, you're not drinking the bottle of oil, so you're good. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's assuming a lot, isn't he? Yeah, I'm assuming, yeah. He is. Well, yeah. he said that his goal was to be a TV chef. Mm-hmm. So uh, since we spent some time in TV, we're going to let yeah. him think about it. And he can ask us maybe some advice about television after we take a break. So this is back to you, and we'll be right back. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, while Lou is on assignment, I'll be joined by nationally recognized Buick specialist Bill Kubik for a wide-ranging discussion about our favorite topic, cars. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me for this special episode of the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm trying to figure out how I can last till 6 o'clock. Are you going to try the intermittent fasting? You have to stick to it, though. I'd be out of my mind. It'd be <laughs> sauce dripping and everything. Well, you'll blow up if you don't stick to it. Because if you... I'm blowing up <laughs> now! <laughs> yeah. If you missed Lausano or Lausano and friends, here's what you missed. Happy to be here today, Cheryl Scott, meteorologist. Hi, Fred Winston, Chicago radio guy. I'm Rob Hart in Chicago. How about that weather? This is a good show to do that. Yeah, what the hell, man? It's, uh, <laughs> I don't th- blame the messenger. I'm not blaming the messenger. That's got to be the worst part about being a meteorologist. They blame you for the for, for the sun or the snow or right. whatever. I'm so. like everyone's best friend when it's sunny and 70. <laughs> and like yesterday, I was everyone's worst friend. Yeah. But I know that weather changes so dramatically... We do seven-day forecasts, and right. I go, well, seven days, it sometimes changes seven times in those seven days. <laughs> <laughs> but science is getting more and more accurate. Oh, it does. So, has the Earth been knocked off its axis? I, I, I keep hearing stuff uh, about that uh, from the conspiracy idiots at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and that's exactly what we're going. <laughs> Radio Misfits. Get more. Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lawsano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lawsano or whatever the f*** it's called. This is Back to You with Howard Sudbury and the rest. <laughs> That's lame, isn't it, Mike? Isn't it's, that lame? Yeah, it's lame. Should be, and Chef Mike. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just iced out of the whole thing. Howard wow. Sudbury... 
Mike Kubisa <laughs> yeah, and, and the rest. A lot of people butcher my last name, but you've, you've gotten it every time. I, I appreciate that. Well, I'm glad. I, I always do my homework. I do so yeah. much show prep that... Um, yeah. Uh, did you do a lot I went of show through, prep last I went night? through a lot. Uh, talk about butchering people's names. <laughs> I went through most of uh, of uh, the of schooling, correcting teachers. Really? Uh, yeah. Bakersfield? No, yes. it's not. It's Baskerville. Ba- Basker. Yeah. Right. yeah. Basketman? <laughs> no, it's Baskerville. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I understand that. Yeah. Um, Tony, can I plug uh, one of the other Radio Misfits shows? Is this with the, uh, Losano and Friends is, is yours, an Opai show. Join Tony Losano and his funny friends for a casual comedic conversation about everything on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And do you, you, have, a, you have a regular co-host now, right, or a guest? Meredith Ketchell. Meredith, what's the last name? Ketchell. Ketchell. Meredith Ketchell. So join Meredith Ketchell and uh, Tony on Losano and Friends right here. As I said, I'll repeat it again. The Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Steve, what is so funny? <laughs> nice plug. Thank you. Uh, it's yeah, a yeah. good plug. Yeah. <laughs> Concise is not your middle name, is it? <laughs> <laughs> the longer the plug. That's what we love about you, Howard, really. The, the longer the plug, the better and more effective. Yeah. That's exactly right. I because love I also here. do a yeah. lot of it on you know, promotion on social media. Yes. And what's um, that? You're really active on <laughs> what is what is social media? You're active on Hey Mike, he gets Facebook. on me because I'm totally not on it. Or I have Do you have yeah, Facebook? I, you're not, I have you're a Facebook Insta- page, but I haven't looked at it yeah, in about you're not, two years. You're not Insta famous, let's say I'm that. Not, no yeah. Instagram. I, no. No, I know uh, I have to. That's 2020 is getting older and older, but yeah. that's one. I, that's one of the things I'm going to change for 2020. Are you on is to be more active in the social media? MySpace. <laughs> you, well, that's yeah, that was that was the original going back 20 years ago. Yeah. I just yes. followed Mike on Instagram last night. Thanks, I followed yes. you back. Yeah. He did. I saw I, that. So. Well, now that Jump. I know about these chicharroni, yeah, well, well my more. page is all food, kind of. That's one of the. We are ones. back. This is Back to yeah. You with oh, Howard Sudbury and the rest. Photography of his dishes. And, uh, I love looking at And once food. again, you're not tempted to overeat. That's the thing that well, amazes me. I'm not. Let's go back here. I'm, te- <laughs> I'm tempted to overeat, but I'm not tempted to eat while I'm working. Okay, okay. You know. Uh, because you're foc- you're focusing when you're working on yeah. on preparing the food, not eating. Not eating, yeah. I mean, you might get hungry, but you're so you don't think about it. I don't right? think you're about distracted. it. Distracted. I'm just distracted. I it? really need some help I'm with in this. My zone. I, I really want to do better. Oh, we really want to do better <laughs> in many areas. But this food control thing is really an issue. Yeah. I'm going to Las Vegas soon. Ooh, the buffets. How do I? Ha- how does somebody just? How does anybody handle going on a vacation and trying to continue to eat well when you're surrounded by all the stuff that so works against? There's it? ways around it. I mean, like I said, the portion control, but that's hard when you're on vacation. Yeah. Um, I, if you're at a buffet line, I would just try to do two simple things: don't overload on the carbs, and don't load up on sugary stuff. The sweets are what's going to kill you. Okay. The sweets is what puts you down and what gives you the gut. So it's almost almost worth not just ignoring desserts. Yeah. Okay. I, that's how I look at it. Okay. I mean, not everybody's the same. People crave desserts. Right. I'm not a dessert guy, so it's easy for me. You know, yeah. I make desserts and I do a lot of cakes and stuff like that for clients, but 
for me, if I'm looking at a buffet and I'm in Vegas and I'm going protein, I'm going the most expensive things on that line. Okay. And I'm loading up on that stuff. Okay. And I'm, I'm not, not going to eat really, carbs. I'm not a d- dessert guy either, so I will load up on the on the buffet. Yeah, the prime rib, you the carving station, the, and yeah. things All like right, that. For instance, the if proteins. you're not, what if you're not going to a buffet and you're just yeah. hungry in the middle of the day somewhere tempting like Vegas or Florida or you know, well, I think Mickey the, World. And Mike said the key. I mean, you're on vacation, so you got to give yourself a break. Yeah, you okay. do a little break, but let's say, all right, you know, if you like seafood, have a piece of fish, and then. Instead of having rice on the side, you know, you could ask for grilled vegetables, something like that. Um, you know, easier said than done. But if you're going to have some kind of carbs, I would say like sweet potatoes are okay. Um, fingerling potatoes, those are okay. Would you do away with bread as much as you can? I would, yeah. Um, but if you want to, if you want to cheat a little bit and you're going to have some bread, my go-to is sourdough. If you're going to have bread, make mm, it sourdough. It's okay. better for your gut. Your gut health is like really good. And important. It's good too. Uh huh. It's good, but I mean. So you would eat oh, sourdough as opposed to like wheat bread or. Yeah, I would um, because, you know, not all wheat bread. It might only be 10% wheat for all you know. It could be a lot of other white flour in there. Um, unless you know where you're getting it in the baker, yeah. like Artisan Bakery, and he's making like a wheat loaf and you know that's good. But I always say if you're going to go to the grocery store, get sourdough. You know, don't eat a loaf a day. Like I said, I'm assuming again. I don't know how you Howard, guys Howard. Yeah. No, I don't eat a lot of bread. Yeah. That's one thing that I He's that so I funny. Try to Howard out. is a funny guy. Well, I use a lot of spelt flour. <laughs> spelt flour is, it's not gluten-free, but it's easier for your digestive system. So a lot of people who have like gluten intolerance yeah. can sometimes handle spelt flour. Yes. So I'll make spelt flour noodles, like pasta, stuff like that too. If a client wants that, Mike. or I go normal. He doesn't believe one thing that comes out of my mouth. No. No, it goes in it. It's what goes in it. You keep on, you keep on getting that problem. look like you're full of it it's, over here. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah. Who are you crapping? Remember when Ditka said that? Who are you crapping? Yeah, was yeah. It, yeah Ditka. Ditka yeah. said that. Well, it's yeah. amazing that. that became a thing on yeah. one of the radio stations. Yeah. Uh, this is totally uh, uh, off center for just a moment. Mike uh, is going to your your wife's expecting, she right? Uh huh. So uh, babies do win. August sixth is the date for now. Now uh, changes to, because of that, just in terms of attitude about cooking and eating. Um, and- maybe not my philosophy for cooking or eating, but I've definitely tried to get more active in my own lifestyle. Is this your first child? It is. Yeah. Okay. So I've been with my wife. We've been married for two years, but we've been together for eleven in total, um, and. You know, just the thing, I guess it's going to hit me differently when the baby's actually here. But for now, just doing little things like taking things slower, you know, like I don't always have to rush and drive as fast as I can anymore. Just like little things like that that I'm kind of remembering, like trying to work out more. You know, maybe I was working out three days a week. I'm trying to do four now. Just stuff like that. Just because it starts now. I don't want to be that old dad who you can't play catch in the backyard or stuff like that. So it's starting now. So looking yeah. at us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, my, I don't know whether you did this. This was certainly not big in my day when uh, we, we were having our family. My daughter is expecting, and you know, some people like parties for everything. Oh, yeah. she had a gender reveal party. Oh, really? I X that already. Yeah, okay, I didn't want to do okay. that. Yeah, all right, yeah. right. I X that now. So you don't know. 
or the gender? No, so we're, we'll find out the gender, and right. that's coming up, I think, next week. Right, but right. we'll find out. Right. But we're not going to, I'm not going to hit a baseball filled with, <laughs> with blue dust or, <laughs> or, or chop something that, that she's pink, pink goo, you know? Yes. So uh, where so, was this party? I'm sure it was a. Year, wasn't really. It was. It was more like a gathering for friends, uh, you know. At your house? Uh, no, no. At a restaurant? Uh, yeah, it was a setting that was totally different. And they did hit. They did swing something and hit the yeah, balloon, sure, yeah. and it, and the stuff came flying <laughs> sure. out. And uh, so I know that it's going to be a boy. Oh, it is. nice! Yes. Congratulations! Yeah. Nice. So I, you know, I when with my kids. You have a lot of boys now. Yeah, the the third grandson, Mike. Wow, Isn't that's that awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's uh, that's pretty wild. Yeah, my uh, my son's wife, my my daughter in law, comes from a family of three girls. Her father was always talking about, gee, there are no boys in this family. Those girls all had boys. Wow. So you go huh. from three yeah. girls to like four grandsons wow. in that yeah. family. But uh, it, look, when I was having kids, we were just uh, struggling. Right. Yeah. To, yes. Just I just to get ready. To, we just hope for a healthy baby. Yeah. Sure. And I'm more excited to finally get a sous chef because, you know, I'm solo <laughs> for everything I do. So I'm going to teach him young. Sure. Yeah. Well, so. you know, it's just a, a, a sign of uh, the times and, and how yeah. people want to. Hopefully, uh, when the when the baby's old enough, hopefully my career is taken off and I could be professionals like you guys. So I'm trying to tap into the TV world here. Yeah, um, a little bit. Well, look, <laughs> look, you already now as we talk about TV and Mike's interested in being a TV chef. Right. In what way do you like? What kind of program do you envision? So as a chef, I feel like you know Food Network and the Cooking Channel. They've kind of gotten away from those old school cooking shows where like. There is a chef standing there making his dishes. Yeah. They still have him in the mornings and everything, but I always go back to Emerald Live with Emerald Lagasse. Yes. He was like one of the first to have an interactive cooking show where he had an audience and he was making dishes and being interactive with everybody. I would love something like that or a, they call it a standing stir where I'm standing behind a camera making my dishes. And uh, But to be honest with you, I'm not going to try to sound greedy. Whatever opportunity I can get, I would take and run with it. Um, well, you've I, already had the ex, some experience. I did. You know, that was with the reality TV. Um, that was kind of my foot in the door of the yeah. TV land. Um, you know, but. And really well-known uh, yeah. uh, clientele already. That's for sure. But I didn't really get to showcase my cooking too much. And it wasn't, you know, obviously it right. wasn't about me. So, yeah. but I would love to have just like an interactive kind of cooking show where I'm teaching people and giving them knowledge. I love like. I love teaching people new things. Like, I'll leave here today happy because I taught you guys a couple you did. new things. Look, yeah. from, from the snacks to the approach of how to eat during the day, yeah. I mean, there's stuff that I didn't know. And I oh, love that. Knowledge too. is power. I'm always, just like you guys, we're always learning no matter what. Yeah. You know, could be in your field for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, but you're always learning. Do and you have a YouTube channel? I don't. Um, that would be a good start, I would think, for you as far as as far as showcasing yeah. your cooking and and putting together the kind of program you'd like to do and yeah. taste and you have uh, taste testers yet? Oh, uh, you know, I got a couple here and there. If you guys want to be behind <laughs> the scenes and 
help me uh, help me get started. Howard can't because he's those are his intermittent. Well, we'll, fasting do, it, we'll hours. do that at six o'clock at did, night. How about that? Did you notice he said behind the scenes? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I did. You guys like, can be the taste testers like and my he's special guest. Behind the scenes guy. Yeah. Um, what was the term of uh, the YouTube? The f- people that eat food mukbanging. So it's called a mukbang. You gotta be careful where you say that, or be careful uh, on your Google. Howard likes saying that. Yeah. I do. You I don't do. want to get caught. And, and, now, what's a mukbanging again? So a mukbang is for people. Um, it's not mukbanging. It's mukbang. It's mukbang. <laughs> is it, what is yeah. it? Leave the so, off the end. Let's say. Let's say I was sitting here. <laughs> yeah. If you, right if, you type, if you type I, in mukbanging, I did turn it into something else, didn't yeah. I? What is, <laughs> so it's not mukbanging. No. So no. be careful. Oh my no, goodness! You you're not that, banging anything. No. Relax with yeah. the mice. Wow, Howard, you're always ready to go to another planet. If with you these type things. in mukbanging, yeah. something totally different is probably going to oh, pop up, and oh, you're going to get in trouble at home. So it's so. mukbang. <laughs> Mukbang, muck yeah. All right, so what is mukbang so again? It's basically for people <laughs> who crave to watch other people eat. I mean, I could sit here with six bowls of ramen or like four trays of lasagna, yeah. put the camera in front of me, and people literally will either pay or watch you on YouTube to sit there and watch somebody eat. And so I'm indulge. just watching you eat. Yeah, you're just watching people eat. And you're not uh, any kind of authority. The no. eater isn't an authority of any no. kind. So but it's it, uh, it's got to be something different, I assume, because they're eating huge quantities. Yeah. So it's so it's them eating like. Uh, but you yeah. haven't seen. Have you seen it? No. So but I was. It's listening. like let's say somebody somebody's <laughs> eating like thirty chicken legs on yeah. there, and they're just indulging themselves. And it's it's kind of crazy. There's some famous people in Asia that are. I'm gonna go with the word mukbangers, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and they're making a living off this stuff. It's it's bizarre. That'd be a cool thing to put on your resume someday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how would you phrase it? You don't even know how to phrase it. I don't know. It. I'm into muck. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying it again. You I'm can't say I'm into muck banging. banging. Yeah. yeah, my goodness. <laughs> I'm a muck bang star. There, he'll say that. I'm going to go straight to yeah. look that up after this is over. Be careful. Now, uh, <laughs> just be careful. And you also, uh, you've seen that other uh, show that I've seen where. The the interviewee is eating hot wings. Yeah, I love that. Love that show. And, and you saw the episode with Will Ferrell, uh-huh. right? It's called Hot Ones. Hot Ones. On, um, You've not seen I that? Not. It's oh, on, it's it on First We Feast, but the show is called Hot Ones. Yep. Yes. And they interview famous people, and during the whole interview process, they're eating wings with hot sauce from like scale one to ten. <laughs> now, Sam, you've seen this, right? Oh, I love that show. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, so yeah, he has a spinoff what? show. It's on. Uh, it's on YouTube. Yeah. But oh, the, the host, yeah. his name is Sean Evans. He's from Chicago, and he actually got a show on TNT now where it's a Hot Ones game show. Oh, so contestants are eating. We got to get this guy. Yeah. Here. His yeah. name is Sean Evans. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, he's he's pretty big now. He's he's blown up. He made a good name for himself. Uh-huh. He's out of New York. Um, but well, why don't you go Google? Um, muck banging and then hot yeah. ones. Hot ones. <laughs> but, but he, you know, Let's the, see what boy. you come up with. He said everybody. What do you think, from, Samuel? Uh, what? I'm Looking gonna get like him that? in all kinds of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> now you did not bring anything in spicy today. In that, in terms of like hot, fiery hot, stuff. Yeah, nothing hot, hot. Like hot, the jerky's hot. got a little bit of heat to it, yeah. but not much. Um, I do dab. I make hot sauces, so I dabble on the spicy. Oh, you do. Oh yeah, I, I love. Oh, I do too. Hot is my thing, but not not blast your nose off hot. So and I'm an avid gardener, too, so I grow maybe like 15 varieties of peppers every summer, and I just make hot sauces, too. Is there any kind, of food, some. I, any kind of food you will not eat just because you don't like it? No, and people ask me that question all the time. There's not one thing in my head right now that I could say I just, 
actually do not like or think is so disgusting. you're willing are you, you're willing to taste things that you haven't you know if somebody yeah. says just try this for sure oh uh, yeah absolutely I, there's a lot of weird stuff out there I'll try it if it's edible and is I there what's sick. the weirdest thing you can recall that you've eaten um just where, where you said ooh, I'll give this a chance well maybe not like it might be weird to some but it's a delicacy to a lot uh, like Rocky Mountain oysters which is the um, sheep balls sheep oh, yeah. uh, testicles and I uh, saw that on they're Muckman. Fried. <laughs> they're good. Yeah, they're good. And I would think that they would be. Yeah, have you, had, really, have you yeah. had that? No, but I would. Or uh, That wouldn't bother me. A lot of tongue. I'll, I'll cook tongue, lingua. I make like lingua tacos, uh, tongue tacos. No. How about rattlesnake? I've had snake. I've had rattlesnake. I've had... Um, uh, alligator. I've had alligator, crocodile, um, a lot of different kinds of game bird, like different fowls. I've had squirrel before. Yeah, I have too. Knew. Yeah, it was pretty good. Just me and my brother cooked it. I did like a black strap molasses glaze on it. Um, <laughs> well, right. I would rather you cook it. I would rather you cooked it because the person that cooked what I had. Yeah. Uh, would you go to Would good. you go to a wild game dinner? Oh yeah, for sure. I've I've done a couple of those actually too with pheasant on there. Elk, uh, snake was on the menu. Um, what else do we have? You got to leave with quite a fever after that. Yeah. Would you eat snake? Steve, I'm I'm not one to taste uh, things like that. I, I don't think I would. If I maybe unknowingly, if somebody told yeah. me after if, after the fact, if someone took a rattlesnake and cleaned it all up and cut it in the sections mm. like that, yeah. and then fried them and tossed toss them in buffalo sauce, mm. I'm not even just saying this. You literally would think it was a chicken wing. Mm. It, it's like not as meaty, but the flavor is. Have you ever had a frog leg before? Yes. Okay, yeah. it was kind of like a mix between a rabbit and a frog leg. Have you had rabbit? Uh, yeah, maybe I have tasted Kind of like chicken. Rabbit. Yeah, I've yeah. had rabbit. Um, so being and French trained, we cooked a lot of rabbit. I love duck. I love duck, too. I think duck is terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not uh, a snake expert, but I assume once you uh, cut the head off, that's the glands where the poison yeah. lives. yeah. So yeah, you're fine. There's none of it coursing through the rest of the snake. No. And then what you want to do with snake is after you clean it all up, soak it in salt water for a while. kind of draws out a lot of the gaminess. Um, I'll suggest that for some kind of game meats, too. Soak it for in salt water. Uh, kind of helps you. This is your hook for your, for your YouTube show. You know, cook yeah. things exotic, you know, cook. like game and snakes and stuff like yeah. that. I would have Crocodile. to get it. Yeah. We'll get that uh, alligator guy that got the one out of the lagoon. Oh here. yeah, yes. You know he'll bring an alligator. Up Chance for the us. Snapper, I think his name yes, was. Yes, yeah. it was. Uh-huh. Sure, you won't. You won't run out of people who will bring you stuff. Well, <laughs> well see, the goal is I want people to watch my show if I have a YouTube show. Yes. <laughs> oh, this would uh, I would be yeah. riveted to that yeah. if you're cooking snakes. I saw and, a guy cook um, mountain lion before. Oh my oh, yeah. goodness. I, I didn't try it, but I was just like, alright, that's going a little too far for me. Yeah, yeah <laughs> It can't taste good. Oh. I mean, my philosophy is you could pretty much turn anything into sausage though, so my go- I would have made a sausage with it, but this I was making steaks, and I was yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, uh, you want to combine your your skills in, as a chef with television. Huh? Um Steve and I worked in TV for a long time, not as chefs, but uh, yeah. doing other I've things. I've certainly had to, t- we both had to taste Professionals. our we share have, of food. Yeah. We've done oh, a lot sure. of different things. Because we used to, I used to do this segment called Best of Chicago, oh, going yeah. around. Uh-huh. And, I know, yeah. You remember that? Uh-huh, I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, where I'd go around and taste, but I would always taste what was recommended from a neighborhood. 
Yeah. Like, like we have the best uh, right. hot dogs yeah. here, yes. or here's yeah. where you get the best uh, fries or something. Yeah, yeah. So it was fail safe in terms of what yeah. I was Yeah, and you eating. know it's going to taste good because everybody loves it. Exactly. Yeah, you're not eating snake fries. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no. It's a popular place. So, so anyway, yeah. we've been asking you questions here for 45 minutes. Do you have any questions for us about television? Well, yeah, it kind of brings to my point, if you, you know, I'm in the presence of professionals here, and you guys have seen a lot and done a lot. And you guys had to get started at one point, too. I guess my question is, how does a young guy... So my, my degree is TV and radio broadcasting. So I did that first, and then went to culinary school. So how does a young broadcaster or, you know, in my case, a young chef who wants to be on TV, how, how do I kind of like get myself in? Or how, what things can I do, whether it be training myself or st what studying, just things, little nuances that I could kind of pick up? Well, you're already starting to do that because I think, just like anything, getting back to sports... The more you do something, the better you get at it. The more you practice it, the better you get, you get the at handling. The more you're in situations like this that are that's unscripted, yeah, just sort of off the cuff, uh, is prepping you for occasions when things won't go well. When you're yeah, when, when, when makes sense segments fall apart. Yeah, uh, you know how to handle it. You know how to kind of ad lib a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then and they will fall apart. And, and once you've done it for long enough, then it doesn't bother you and you can react to it. But I can tell from talking to you, and Steve can too, you're funny, you're articulate, and you, you'd nice. have no trouble making the transition. But when Steve and I got into it and we got into television news, it was a, it was a, a different world. You're trying to get into a specific you know, area yeah. with, with, with cooking. The cooking. So I, I think the YouTube thing is a good uh, YouTube channel first. I wouldn't underestimate the power of, of places like YouTube and social media. As much as I'm not active in it, mm -hmm. people are discovered that way or, or get followings out of nowhere. And they blow up then. Yes. yes. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's a, that's some good advice. I, I want to tap into the YouTube world. Um, I really need to, like, take a step back from my day-to-day to allow some time for that, and uh, I guess trying to find a place to do it, really. And the, real, and the other thing, just talk about ingredients to try to make it. I keep making food references, ingredients. Yes. Uh, he's got me talking like a chef. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you're going to hear no a lot. It's just perseverance is part of it. You know, people love to tell the quick answer sure. from executives uh -huh. and management is to say no, because that's the easiest thing to yeah. do. And you can't take the no as as a finality for what you want to do just good you always have to keep the frame of mind you don't hire me that's your loss yeah and, right and I, yeah. I do think like that and that's kind of how i've gotten to where i've gotten you know when the when the bear chef said no to me the first time i'd be lying if i didn't tell you that i emailed him like four more times after that before he finally was like yeah i had the opening so yes. things like that it's always perseverance and i i learned that at a young age and playing sports and all that stuff too so I guess what you guys are saying is just never give up and kind of keep those dreams alive and do as much as I can. And I hope it, we're not trying to make it seem like that's an easy thing to do. No, and you I, already know that. I already but know. It's, really, it's never, not giving up is, a, yeah. is a, a lot to do. I've been around very talented uh, people that wanted to do what I did. And the only reason why I got jobs and they didn't is because they stopped. Yeah. Yeah. You kept and on going. Got to keep going. Yeah. You got to plow through yeah. uh, and, and create opportunities. A lot of negativity. And, Sure. It's all connections, too. I mean, taking this opportunity to come and hang out with you guys is awesome. And I'm all about putting myself in front of other people. It could be in any industry. Yes. You know, I just want to put myself and then gain a little bit of knowledge and then 
that's what I'm all about too, is just right place, right time, and always just listening. Well, yes. and uh, connection-wise, I mean, with you know being on very Cavallari and knowing Kristen mm-hmm. well, I mean, she's obviously on a you know a well-known yeah. cable station. So yeah. um, she's been doing awesome. She probably knows people or knows uh, through her representatives people at the uh, Food Network. At the cooking channel, yeah. So when you build up your YouTube channel, then you can say, "Hey, I've done this," and that. I think that would be a good route to go. Kind of yeah. have and, some and ammunition. At some point, you have to have an agent. Yeah, I would say, wouldn't you, Steve? Yeah, and you got to, and you That's have to, uh, and you can still hit these places that are established, like the Food Network and you know E or Bravo or, yeah. or some of these yeah. other travel outlets channel. Too. That's travel something shows. I need to look into is an agent. Yeah, because they're the ones that would put the work in to try to get me these spots. I guess, but well, I look into that a culinary agent. Yes, you do uh, do the research and see which ones have the right connections at the at the networks that you mm-hmm. want to go to, like the, the the Food Network and the yeah. Cooking Channel. That that would be the way to do it. Um, do you have any uh, any uh, tips for cooking or anything else, or, or how we should eat? I'm or terrible diet? in the kitchen. Well, I'm lousy uh, in the kitchen. I don't make hardly so anything. My tip for cooking is whether you can't think of something on the top of your head, find a recipe you want, and don't be afraid of it because it's not going to turn out perfect the first time. But with cooking, you build off repetition. So let's say it's a pot pie recipe, and in your head you're like, man, like my pot pie doesn't look like this picture. It tastes not as good. Mm-hmm. But then the next time you go to make it, you remember what not to do. It's building, and then that's how you get your base for like creativity too. Finding a base recipe, and let's say like you know you found some kind of stir fry recipe, and, you, and it calls for chicken. You follow it 100. percent But then the next time you're like, oh, I want to try making it with beef and broccoli instead of snap peas. You kind of just get that base layer. And you build off of your your recipe, and then you kind of try new things and know what not to do the next time. Can you remember the first entree you made that was like, oh, yeah. uh, you, you can't. This is a funny story. So I was probably like fourth or fifth grade. My mom got me this cookbook, wow. and it came with a wand, like a magic wand that you're supposed to wave <laughs> over the bowl. And we were, up at, we were up in Lake Geneva. My family was up there, and I was like, well, I'm going to make breakfast for everybody. So I picked the pancake recipe, and I measured a tablespoon of salt instead of a tablespoon of sugar. So I poured it in there, and then, you know, I tasted it, and I was young, but I was like, oh, this, this tastes like crap. Like, this is so yeah, salty. Yeah. And then my, I remember my dad comes in. He, you know, gets a plate of pancakes, pours syrup on it. Could totally tell in his head he knew they were messed up, but he was like, oh, these pancakes are delicious. <laughs> you know, to kind of give me that confidence Sure, check. sure. Yeah, so that's the first dish I can remember being like, wow, this is terrible. But here's the thing. I, uh, you hear in a lot of different fields of uh, study that when people become successes, it's often a, a start that's very young. How did you know so young that this is what you wanted to do? So, all right. So that was like my first cooking experience of, on my own. But th- my cooking started before that. I can remember being like second grade maybe and being at my grandma's house and we were getting ready for Thanksgiving. She'd always do a big fruit bowl. And something about like the fruit just always fascinated me that there's all these different shapes and sizes, but they each taste different and different colors. So I remember like assembling this big fruit bowl and being so proud of it and I didn't even do anything and just put it in the bowl, like color coordinated. And I remember that day being like, wow, like food is something that I could get used to doing. And that's what I want to do. I just started cooking. And you started with what appeals to most people's presentation. Uh And that was the thing. And my parents were always like, you have an eye for it. So the whole college thing went down. And they're like, well, you know, try college. We know you want to be a chef, but let's, you know, let's, why don't you try college too? So it's okay. And I was like, well, I want to be a TV chef, so I'll do broadcasting. 
and I got a TV and radio broadcasting degree. But then right after, I worked at Mariano's, the grocery store, for like seven months, just in between. And then I went to Kendall College, and they had a program for bachelor students where it's an accelerated associate's degree in 11 months. You just fast track. I was doing 10 hours a day, six days a week, just fast track all the way through. So I ended up getting a bachelor's degree and an associate's degree in like four and a half years. Mm. And just, yeah, and that was, Kendall changed my life as far as the chef world. That I, I credit Kendall. I'd be cooking still right now, but I, can, I credit Kendall College to putting me over the edge and like allowing me to take that next step to get to where I'm at now. And so, I mean, it's, you've got advice for people out there who want to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you've got to get some kind of formal training. you got to. You know, whether it be, if let's say you're 16 years old and you want to be a chef, but you can't afford culinary school. My, my suggestion is find the best restaurant that's the closest to you and just get in. Mm-hmm. Whether you start as washing dishes, you start as a prep cook. That foot in the door. Foot in the and door. You, and that, that's my a mentor exactly. there that's the executive huh? chef. Because there's many chefs out there that are famous and popular and great chefs that never went to culinary school. Mm-hmm. So it's huh. not the end all be all. But they'll, all, they'll tell you, we worked our way up in the kitchen, we got, and we learned from the chef. And so, you know, I learned the basics at Kendall, but then also me going to restaurants taught me a lot more. So that would be my suggestion for someone who thinks that culinary school is daunting or not good at school, but they want to be a chef or want to be a culinary industry. Yeah. Find the closest, best restaurant and just go in. Even if your first job is washing dishes for nine bucks an hour, you know, take it because you're going to work your way up. Have you, you ever had many opportunities where other chefs have to taste what you have prepared? Oh, yeah. So, and I like it because it's either, or I'm going to get some good critiques or someone's going to be like, wow, I'm a chef too, but I never thought about that. And that's the best when yeah. you oh, when I you bet. blow another chef away. <laughs> yeah, I oh. always wonder if chefs get like comedians. Hey, that's my joke. He's doing my material <laughs> sometimes. Or are you, you know, that's my dish, and yeah. he's making that. Or like we'll joke around with each other. I'll be like, "Yeah, this sucks, Brian," and then I'll be like, "But I'm stealing it," you know, so like that. <laughs> yeah, Just, yes. Um, but yeah, I I think people are more so afraid to cook for me. Yeah, who, who aren't well, chefs? I would be. But the thing is, I love to eat other people's food. You know, when I don't, yeah. Have, yeah, I love it. Like if you guys prepare something for me today, it's just the factor of like that nourishment of having someone else take care of you too. I love that because I do it for a living. Well, Steve, Howard's cook for him someday. Well, yeah. I was going to pull out it. this ham and cheese sandwich yeah. I got in and my bag. And I'd say this tastes amazing because you put, you, you put work into it, you know? <laughs> it could work. Yeah. Well, Mike, uh, thanks for coming on our podcast on Back to You. Um, you're already successful, uh, private it. chef to the stars. And uh, many notable people, and uh, I have no doubt that you're going to be able to combine television and your work as a chef. And Thank you made you. it very, uh, very easy, man. You 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 don't have to worry about, um, you know, the flow of conversation because you're Thanks. very good. Yes, yeah, you are. Sometimes and, I'm told I talk too much, but I like it. I no, love talking. It's Howard just, talks too much. Yeah. But, uh, we can go all day. I appreciate you guys. That. Thanks for having to, me on. This was awesome. Uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us where people can reach you, uh, your website, uh, your Instagram, and all that. So my website is chef-mike.com, and then my Instagram is at M-K-U-B-I-E-S-A, and you can reach me through any of those, uh, whether it be talking about food or future opportunities. I'm always willing to do dinner parties and other events on the side. And, um, yeah, so chef-mike.com. I don't want to put any pressure on you, or, or maybe you don't want to, but you want to put the will you put these up on the website. The snacks you made for us, man, yeah. are good. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, you know, I can give you guys some personal recipes if you there want. There you go. You got to be able to recreate it, though. Well, 
We'll that's a different down. story. Yeah. That's another show. Yeah, it's my yeah. show. If you guys have me on again, uh, snack options are endless. We will. Yes. We definitely will. All right. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks. It was a great, great time. Thanks. Listen, subscribe, and rate back to you on opishows.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Back to You is a presentation of Opie Productions. For Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville, I am Sam Greenberg, the Back to You engineer. Special thanks to the staff of the Museum of Broadcast Communication, and check them out at museum.tv. Executive producer is Tony Lasano with opishows.com, which is hippo spelt backwards. That's O-P-P-I-H shows.com. Back to You is distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Until next time, stick around. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Hey, this is Tony Lasano with Nude Hippo, the podcast, and this week I have a special guest. Her name is? Amy Records Landucker. <laughs> not Records. Records is not your middle name. <laughs> and we'll talk about the season finale of? Transparent on Amazon Prime. That and the next edition of Nude Hippo, the podcast. I am not nude, though. We don't know. <laughs> nude Hippo, the podcast. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. No, I like Lasana. A new exhibit from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Artifacts from the Jackson 5, Sonny and Cher, Elvis, Cindy Lauper, ZZ Top, Eric Clapton, and more. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications, 360 North State Street, Chicago. From bandstand to gaga, let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. If you like Back to You with Howard and Steve, then be sure to check out some other programs on the Radio Misfits podcast network like... And Friends. And Friends is all about those conversations that real friends have. Kimmy, Tommy, and Samuel, that's me. Discuss sex talk, history, blatant narcissism, narcissism, discuss sex talk, history, blatant narcissism, and more. So come meet your new friends. So come meet your new best friends with and friends. Go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Coming to a podcast near you on the Opi Shows and Radio Misfits Podcast Network, it is And Friends. We are back with Season 3. I'm Sam. I'm Tommy. And I'm Kimmy. We talk about everything and anything you could possibly think of. Tommy, what do you usually talk about? I like to talk about just anything that'll take us down a rabbit hole and start a discussion about it. Kimmy, what are you up to? Well, I have some sex talk for this season, but I've changed it a bit for you boys. Changed it. Because I want to keep it fresh and hopefully make it not as raunchy. Oh. But Sammy, what do you got? Oh, I got Florida Man stories that are a little bit shorter and a little bit funnier, I'll have to say so myself. But you'll hear all of that on And Friends. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Is this over? Yes.